It's time to rethink everything, to redo the rule book, to explore smarter ways to work and rediscover what's possible. It's time for a fresh take on how technology and creativity are changing the way work gets done. I'm Susan Campbell, and this is The Big Rethink. By 2030, Gen Z workers will be 30% of the workforce, and they are set to become the most diverse generation of workers in history. And as they enter the workforce, they are bringing new expectations with them. On this episode of the Big Rethink podcast, Liz Eskenazi, certified professional coach and founder of The Mind Core, discusses how executives and managers can adapt to this changing landscape, enhance their leadership skills, and build strong teams across generations. Welcome to the show, Liz. Hi, Susan. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to talk to you today. (laughs) I'm glad to be here as well. Awesome. So you have such an impressive background, and uh, I also just love your uh, the the name of your firm, <laughs> Mind of the Core. So um, thank you. Uh, how did you come up with that name? Let's just start there. Yeah. Well, when I started this, I certainly had you know a trusty journal and just wrote a whole bunch of words, and also did some visual pictures and so forth. I probably have the journal somewhere as well, and. It just was a lot about this idea of like centering and our core Mm -hmm. and simplicity. And it felt like a lot of the clients that I was desiring to work with and that I had worked with previously were just trying to do everything and, you know, the kitchen sink or whatever the phrase is. And so it was just bringing it back to, all right, all I'm trying to get them to think about is the Core. core. Yeah. I I love it. It, It's so, you know, it's sort of like Occam's razor, right? Simplest answer, the best answer. It just really encapsulates in in so few words what we need to be focused on. So love it. Anyway, (laughs) Uh, so you've worked with companies for many years as leadership training consultant and a personal coach. What are some of the key areas that you focus on when you're working with a new organization to help them build a strong team? Yeah. So um, certainly, I mean, I come in in all different directions. And for those where I am working with a usually an executive and I'm working to help them build their strong team, we start by really talking about um, what the future is that they're trying to create. So what does it feel like? What does it sound like? What does it look like? Um, before we start to talk about the people and what's working, what's not working and all of the normal things that you want to be able to better, you know, get my consulting brain thinking about what's really happening here. How, how long does, um, I, I guess the first thing that comes to mind is how big is the gap usually? <laughs> and then, cause I'm so impatient. I want to know how long does it take? Uh, like average wise <laughs> for someone to start with, I have this team existing and I have this vision. Like, what does that transformation time frame look like? I think it can look like a lifetime, which sometimes can be a little overwhelming to consider. Yeah. It also can though happen in iterations yeah. on its way. And so, so many of my clients, they are going through, you know, many, many steps of their evolution. And that's why we oftentimes I have clients that I've worked with for years where we've been able to evolve their team in a certain way. And then when we, you know, arrive, if you will, 
we discover that there's actually a next level yeah. and a next level and a next level. And even when you think you have that future vision or future state defined, you know, you still have to climb the ladder one step at a time, right? And so I'm sure, For sure. you you focus on making those incremental or achieving those incremental steps instead of just waiting for, okay, someday we're going to get to that final state. Yeah. And I would say, you know, an important piece of that is it's not about like being satisfied with just the miniature steps that are getting there. But I think it is about having gratitude and being in awe of, oh my gosh, like this so much has changed in this six months or in this year and being able to pay attention to those nuances. I think we've, you know, in a busy world, we close ourselves down to the senses of observing. And we're just focused on what we do next, what we need Absolutely. to do next. And yeah. yeah. Taking a moment to look back is so powerful sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I call it zoom out. I like and that. so I, my clients get to know like, Hey, we, we have not zoomed out in a while and they, they start, you know, I like to make things as portable as possible. So the ability for them to start to catch themselves in those moments and recognizing where they need to zoom out, that's when the game starts to change at a rapid pace. That's so actionable. I'm taking that one today, (laughs) using it later. Um, So question, of the best leaders of organizations you've worked with, what are some of the top leadership skills or the attributions that you've seen them exemplify? identify for us or sort of illustrate for us what top leadership looks like to you? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it looks, the first word I would use will give me a lot of latitude, which is human. It is the way in which a person is not saying this is the one way, this is how everyone should do it. They are doing it from, you know, their intuition, their grounding, their centering, and they're doing it with the, the realization that it's going to morph and change and adapt and evolve and all of those things. So human would be my first. My second would be curious. I think, mm. you know, when we have leaders who are curious, who are willing to learn, their people will in turn do the same. And that's where you can, the options are really endless for for people who are curious, who are learning, who are asking questions, everyone can can really take part in whatever it is you're trying to do. I was just going to say that will probably drive engagement, right? Definitely. <laughs> yeah. In a really, you know, a natural, organic way, not in a, you know, I Forced, need something from way. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anything you would add to that or sort of those are the key, two key? Yeah. Those would be my favorite too. What about you? Um, uh, you know, I... I I would just phrase it a little differently. I open mind is sort of where I would go, right? Huge. And but that encapsulates really what you're saying about being human and being curious, right? If you have an open mind, you're willing to explore options. And um even if you have an idea, you're still willing to consider other ideas. So um and then getting the team to focus on contributing other ideas and that a good idea can come from anywhere. That I think helps build the team also. I'm so with you. And I, you know, I, I, one thing I didn't say, and I wouldn't say this would be like a banner statement, but certainly based on how you just described in that, I hear this willingness to also be wrong, if you will, you know, that willingness to not have to be right, I guess right. you could say it in right. that way. Yeah, for sure. 
That's so cool. I mean, to, and, and you know, everybody's always like, oh, let's celebrate our failures. And no one ever wants to, <laughs> right? But no. whenever things go wrong, I always say, hey, it is the best learning opportunity because you learn so much more when things go wrong. A lot of times when things are always going right, you don't know why they're going right, you know, and you can suffer from causal ambiguity, right? You think it went well because of this, but it really went well because of that. But you don't know because it went well and you never thought about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's like that need to be just how do you how do you collect the data that's right in front of you and available for you? Mm -hmm. It's not easy to do if you're moving at a million miles a minute. And, you know, just trying to get to the next thing, that's where, you know, we lose our center, we lose our balance, we lose our grounding and we, and we need to zoom out. Cause I told you I'm exactly. stealing that. Yeah, that is it <laughs> the is highest form of simple. flattery, right? Plagiarism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I will give it. you the attribution. I love it. <laughs> Zooming out. Um, so in the past few years, so much of how we work, um, together as an organization and as a team has changed, right? That's obvious. But how has the consultation or advice you've given leaders changed in this new given landscape? Hmm. And really, it's, I guess, the hybrid landscape, right? So uh, I I don't know where folks are. I know we're still kind of half in the office, half out of the office. So we finally figured out how to work remotely. And now we're going back to the office. Now we got to figure out, you know, half in, half out hybrid stuff. What are are you finding there? Yeah, so... Maybe, I don't know that it's changed in that this would not have been advice previously, but this has become a thing that is that much more important now, which is really around feedback loops. So I think for many of our clients, they they maybe had different ways of absorbing cues or getting information, or there were just fewer choices. And now in a world where there are many different ways that a day can go. There are many different ways to describe what flexibility really is, um, you know, and so forth. It goes on and on and on. You have to have really tight feedback loops where you are really checking for receipt, but also checking for understanding. And um, we just can't miss those opportunities and assume that it's all good and everyone feels the same way I do. Yeah, for sure. You asked the question much better than I did. <laughs> well, so let me let me just riff off that question for a minute, right? So with so much information coming at us in large organizations, right? Um, you can send out an email. You can send a newsletter. You can send, you know, I will give you a PowerPoint. We'll have meetings. And I feel like we're saying the same thing 10,000 times and the message still isn't resonating. Like, what is is hybrid or the sort of feedback loop something we should be applying there to figure out how best to communicate things? Yeah. I mean, I think there's opportunity to say, and this is, I mean, if you haven't picked up on it, the word curious is certainly a big piece of how I operate and I show up with many more questions than I do answers. And so things that I would ask is, what's when I, when we explain this hybrid or when we explain this, how this next month is going to go, what do you hear? How would you describe this? What's resonating? What sounds like the worst part of this to you? What sounds like the most exciting? And so, you know, it's like the first question is 
not often the question that's going to actually give you the answer you need. You've got to keep digging. And so that persistence and also patience to really be there as receiver is the thing that's got to happen. You have to be the investigative reporter, I always say. Yeah, but in a way that's not, you know, without putting them on edge, right? Right, 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 right. (laughs) Not an interrogator. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. It's a difference. So it's important. For sure. So what are some new skills that you recommend that leaders develop in this new, you know, hybrid uh, work and how to strengthen our our capabilities and abilities in this new environment? So certainly, I mean, in addition to finding different ways to ask questions so that our conversations become expansive, uh, I think also having interest in just what are different ways that a person's day can go and work can actually happen and get done and um, finding out you know, what, what is supportive about being in the office versus being in your home office. And I think we, you know, if we only focus on how do we make getting people back in be the thing that works, then we're missing half the story here. All right. So I'm going to flex some of my new skills here from learning so (laughs) far. So when you say how someone's day can go, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So just last week I was facilitating, um, a senior leadership team meeting and over lunch, we were talking about what, what's changed for people in this time. And we were talking about, um, just workouts and when people are eating and when people are getting certain things done. And, um, I think it was actually surprising to some of these leaders on the team I offered out there that I tend to get my kids on the bus and I tend to get my day started. And then I work out, you know, sometimes mid-morning, sometimes at lunch, sometimes late in the day. You know, as long as my hair can look decent for camera, I'm doing what I need to do when I need to do it. And it was funny, not all of the leaders have stepped into that just yet. And uh, so anyways, when I say like, what okay. does it how look their day like? Goes. Yeah. yeah, how your day goes, like how, how are people prioritizing? How are people integrating things for their own well-being into that very same day? What are they overlooking too? And if you have that type of flexibility, right? So working out in the middle of the day can give you so much more energy and it can just be so much more positive to your contribution versus working out at night and then you're wound up and <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> the like, day's over. <laughs> that's a no, non-starter for me. That's definitely not happening. Yeah, I do agree. I mean, it's, it's you know, I, I sometimes will work with coaching clients that haven't necessarily stepped into that just yet. And not that I'm saying everyone needs to work out or everyone needs to work out during the day, but I will say, um, okay, what's one thing, if you were trying to solve something, where do you feel like you need to be more creative? And then I say, great, take a walk or get on the Peloton. And I want you thinking about that one thing the entire time and just see what happens. It is unbelievable how much more, you know, your brain, you give yourself the right circumstance, the right environment and the right prompt. Right. It's golden. Right. I'm laughing because everyone was like, I have my best ideas in the shower, right? Sometimes you just have to step away. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Although I, I do remember hearing that going out into nature and that influence of 
the, you know, greenery around you sparks your creativity too. So a lot of times if I'm working from home, I'll just go out and walk a lap around my house, right? Just to be in the grass and to see the trees and yeah, reframe it a little bit. For sure. Or, you know, you hear a bird or something and it's at the same moment that you thought you had an idea. And then it's like, Ooh, I'm going to take that as a sign. And that must, you know, that gets to be meaning of something. Right. And so, right. yeah, there's a lot more there than we realize. Nice. So, and it, you know, it seems like the um, generation Z or the next generation, younger generation that's coming into the workforce they get this a little bit more naturally, don't they? And uh, as they enter the, the workforce, what expectations are they bringing with them of the leadership? Yeah, so I this is more hypothesis than it is based on experience or evidence because so many of my clients are not of that generation. Um, and I would say just observation and experience is how interesting. Think about what this generation, you know, I always go back to like, what have they experienced? What have they Mm. been through? And so especially these last few years, like these are, we certainly have a recency effect in how we operate in this world. So I think that there's a lot of, of, and people are so malleable at, at that time in their life. And so think about how they went through college or how they went through their first job or their second job. It, it required that they were home. It allowed for them to make their own schedule in some ways. It didn't integrate this like specific work clothing that you needed to purchase or a commute that you needed to consider (laughs) and factor in. So there might be just some of those things that are these things that we just assume someone knows how to get to the office on time, or we assume they know what proper dress looks like. And um, that, like, that's not necessarily something that they have been conditioned and, and, and even consider important in the same right. way that some of our older generations might. Right. For sure. And some as someone in one of the older generations, <laughs> I'll say that whenever I'm having a challenge with something or I need a new way of doing something, you know, Gen Z or Gen X or Gen Z or the millennials are the ones I'm going to go to and say, how would you approach this? You know, and I always get such great answers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I would say, you know, the other word that really stands out to me that I'm oftentimes thinking about and this is Gen Z and um, millennials that I'm considering this for is really this drive for purpose. Like there's a different time of people considering, well, what is the purpose of this? Or if I do this, how does this contribute to my purpose? And um, that's a different way of looking at your job. And it can be really incredible. It also can put a lot of pressure on how fulfilling your job is, how fulfilling your life is. And I think when a leader doesn't understand how much a person might be bothered by their lack of for all of those things, it can create that separation and it's, it's just tricky. There's like, that's really tumultuous waters that you, you do need to bring into the room and, and really understand if that is happening for a person and if they are, if they're, if they're disappointed in, you know, the, the lack of the alignment between those two things. 
Right. And do you, are you working with any folks now where you're coaching them on helping them communicate purpose or identify purpose for folks on their team? Can you talk to that a little bit? That's fascinating. Yeah. So I actually, you know, when I started my Mind the Core, I had really thought about purpose and I had created this, what I called a heart centered leadership map. And um, I've, I've geared it a little bit more towards helping leaders get back to center. What it does though, is it does help people to understand purpose in a sense of thinking about what is this future state and, and what are some of the values and what are some of the things that their passions, the things that they enjoy and, um, enabling them to say, you know, what, what would I need to work on in order to get to this future state? And what do I need to give myself permission to say yes and no to? And I think all of that, this is just like a very long-winded way of saying, there's a lot of agency in a person being able to say, I feel like I can understand myself in this future state. And these are some of the things that are going to be there all along that are going to be important to me no matter what. And I think when people can see that, and then most importantly, observe how some of those things are already true today in their life, in their job, in their relationships. It makes it so it's not something that you'll be at that purpose someday. It's like, it starts now. Right, right. Oh, that's great advice. I like that. Thank you for exploring that a little deeper. Um, so how how might leaders adjust their leadership style a little bit to better manage Gen Z and to build strong teams that are, you know, sort of intergenerational. Yeah. So I think that these two things will sound a little bit different. One is I think that the leader can be really helpful in creating the container, being there for direction, being there, not, not, um, specific project management or something like that, but really like this is who we are together and being able to be that observer of the team or of the department and, and what's possible for all of that. The leader can, can provide their, you know, I'll use a big word in the sense of like their sage wisdom of this is what I see. And, and I think being able to vocalize that to, to their direct reports is a big deal. And then just saying that this is where then the curiosity just comes right in like Velcro and says, wonderful. So, so what does that mean to you? And why is this something you want to get on board for? Why would this be a choice you want to make for yourself? Uh, That's money right there. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, choice, like that's, you know, agency choice. Um, it's not like independence, but it is just this idea that we can allow people to say, oh yeah, no, I, I do like that. Or I do want to be a part of that. And then it's like, okay, wonderful affirmation, sign you up. Let's go. Yeah. But there's just such power in the way you asked those questions. Right. So instead of does everyone agree or the boring oh, yeah. old, you know, are you listening <laughs> kind of questions like, wow. Okay. <laughs> I, I am going to have a really good day after this. <laughs> Uh, I'm already having a good day, but this is just so helpful. Um, so how can making these adjustments help organizations recruit, right? So recruit certain workers and especially in this tight labor market, like how does this show up in, in the early stages of getting folks on your team? 
Yeah. So, you know, yes, it is a tight labor market. And I think that there's, there's a lot of opportunity to just think of, I mean, when we think about how fast things can evolve and how much that requires, it requires a different, if you think about your company right now, your team right now, it requires a very, you know, not very, but certainly a different team than it did even five years ago. And so when we think about this idea that people are making choices Absolutely. more rapidly than we used to be used to, and they're not staying for these long careers, I don't think they're kind of doing us a favor. You know, they're, they're finding, come give what you got to give while you're there and then head to your next thing. And I think that that puts the onus on leaders to say, we need to get really good at understanding what does success look like? What am I actually asking for? What do I actually need? And how can we make our onboarding and offboarding processes as fluid as possible? Because we don't have the time to spend six to 12 months slowly ramping someone up or on the back end, you know, slowly ramping someone down. So as millennials and Gen Z are the future leaders, right? What are some of the things that uh, will make them strong future leaders. Some of the skill sets or some of the things that as leaders now we can provide to them. Yeah. So I would have to imagine that their ability to distill a lot of information is going to be one of the most important things. So we have a lot of information avenues right now. And I think our younger generations are even more aware Adapt of that. Mm -hmm. Yes. So they're using them and they're reading from them or they're watching videos or they're listening to podcasts. And sometimes all at the same time. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. And so how do you <laughs> triangulate all of these different sources and how do you get curious and not get firm in like, well, this must be the one thing, or I heard this one way. So I think the most that we can do for them is how do we help them to realize what they have access to and and how to how to distill it because when we don't know how to distill all this wonderful information we either get paralyzed we step out of the way or we just become totally you know like overwhelmed and disengaged and then we just choose to do what we already might have known you know, someone else is waiting to hear from us or something like right. that. Fall back on the old tried and true. Yeah. yeah. That's time to zoom out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> zoom out and connect the dots. Connect the dots yeah. is the, that like second piece of it. Yeah. And ask better questions. Wow. This was so, so helpful. Thank you so much for, for having this conversation today. I think there's something in it for everybody, for every generation. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, great. Well, I'm so glad to hear it. And, you know, I think, I hope that, that anyone that's listening is thinking for themselves, um, you know, where, where might they be overcomplicating their day even, or their week or their year? And uh, how might this help them just trim the fat and just get right back to what really matters to them or, or what their intuition might be telling them and, you know, find a dot that they can connect. Yeah. And mind the core. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you, Liz. Um, before we sign off, if you've enjoyed this podcast today, you can help us grow our listening audience by visiting our feed on iTunes to rate, review and subscribe. Or if you're listening on Spotify, please be sure to hit follow. 
That's it for us. I'm Susan Campbell. And that was another episode of The Big Rethink.